Proverbs 4. Everybody there? Everybody getting close to it? Anybody getting warm? Can you put that in the little cubby hole right next to you? Yeah. No. Let's put yeah, let's put it right there. If you if you're not gonna knock it over. Proverbs four, twenty three. Y'all see me? All right. Okay. We're gonna be responsive tonight. We're gonna be alive, full of power. We are going to shout this white preacher down. I realize you didn't realize I was white. But I want to share something actually got me thinking about that. <laughs> you know, the other night it was precious. All those people talking about how, you know, they were born one color and God had to give them the identity to realize God made them the way they were and there was nothing wrong with being black or white, anything else. And that was good. I, I'm, I'm glad that you have that figured out yet, but I'm still a little upset with God that I'm white. I'm just going to say it. I will say it right here. I still got some issues I'm needing to work through. So if you can pray for me, I still really don't like white people that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Most white people are lame. I just got to say it. Sookie, you know I'm telling the truth. Come on now. Cra hey, as Suki sings, white people are crazy. So if you could if you could lift your youth pastor up in prayer, I'm still kind of getting over this white black thing because I wanted to be black. And I still kind of want to be black. And as you know, during middle school, I used to wear FUBU and Fat Farm and Sean John and Ann One. Y'all know what it is. I had some baggy jeans on and some bandanas around my head, and I used to be up in, you know, the jewelry section at Value City trying to get me a gold chain, and uh, that was just me, all right? I'm still getting over that. Don't let this outfit fool you. I still want to be black, all right? So I had to say that just for the record. So lift me up in prayer. I need help. I got issues. So Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all Diligence. Everybody say diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Notice that. Keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Or out of it flows the rest of your life. Let's look over at Luke. Luke, I am your father. Luke 8, verse 11. And you go into heaven. You work at 7 Eleven. Luke 8. Now, Lisa, I'm not saying you have to do it all the time, but at least a couple glories during the message would help. So, so Luke 8 and verse 11 says. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Everybody say, the seed is the Word of God. Verse 12, and those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil, say the devil, say the devil is a liar, comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. 
What was that? Was that a new response? Okay. Notice this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And those by the wayside are the ones that hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Let's go back over to Proverbs again. Proverbs. Proverbs 4. Now, as we're preaching tonight, this is something, I've shared something similar to this after camp a couple times, and this is going to be something similar to what I shared. And the title of the message, if you're taking notes, is, Now What? Look at your neighbor and say, Now What? Shake your head with a little bit of attitude and say, Now What? Come on, Maya, you're you going soft on everybody. Look, at Love at Red Conference, she was trying to act like she was about about it. Now she's acting all soft when she's up here. Come on, Maya. I need to see some attitudes in the house of God. Look at your neighbor and say, now what? There we go. There we go. Some of you got it on that. Now what? So, as you know, and I'm, I'm sorry if you guys didn't go to Love at Red Conference. You missed it. I'm sorry. You missed it. We wanted you there. You should have been there. And I'm sorry if you couldn't go. It was an amazing conference. And so uh, you're just going to have to pick up, you know, where we left off and just receive it by faith, what we received. And tonight, specifically, I'm speaking about now what, because these past, this past week and those three days we were at Love is Red Conference, we received so much just kind of like a camp atmosphere where you receive so much the presence of God is so strong you're hearing God's voice all these things are happening you're so fired up you're so passionate you don't see how you could ever go back to the person you used to be but then you go back to reality then you go back to your school you go back to your home and the devil's going to try to come and rattle your cage a little bit when you get back to real life because you're not in those three days of conference with no TV, no cell phones, hearing some of the best speakers in the entire world, presence of God so strong. What are you going to do after last week? Kind of the same thing we ask when you come back from camp. Okay, you are so much on a Holy Ghost high hangover after camp, you don't think that you could ever be the way you used to be anymore. But then a lot of people go back to the way they used to be after a couple weeks, some after a couple months. Why? Because they don't do anything with what they got. They don't have any practical information about how to keep what they got. They don't have any practical information on how to walk, walk out what they just received. So they just go back to the way they used to be. And how many know Pentecostals, Charismatics, which we are, uh, we, we do a good job getting people hyped and excited, but then they don't know what to do with it on Monday. Hello, somebody. And so it's one thing if you're like, ah, oh my gosh, this was awesome. What you go do with it on Monday? All right? What you go do with, if it didn't affect your week at all, then what was the point in getting excited last week? What was the point of having God's presence on you, WYP? What was the point, point of having God's anointing and presence and hearing from God if you're not going to do anything with it then it's just all about you but how many know God in his presence 
and him speaking to you is for a purpose, and it's not so you can just hear it and go back to the way you used to be. It's for something to happen and change you from the inside out that you will never be the same again. But you're going to have to do something with what you received. That's why I said, now what? Now what? What's the next step from where we came out of and, and the things that we received this past week? You know, a lot of us in here... When you go to a conference like that or you're at camp or retreat or advance, something happens and there's a godly momentum, a divine momentum that you get after a conference like that. That you are going so strong, so powerful, you feel like you're going full speed ahead and then reality slaps you in the face next week. And I want to give you this example. Last week was like you're on a bicycle and God just gave you a divine push down the hill. You got momentum going, but you realize after a while, you're going to have to start pedaling if you want to keep that momentum going. It's good that God gave you a push down the, the hill and gave you some godly and divine momentum you got in your life, but what are you going to do about it? Because there's a purpose for that momentum, and it's not so you can just ride it out till you stop and you're back to the way that you used to be. Know that you could use that momentum to propel you forward and then start peddling with that to, pr to produce something in your life in the future and not stay the same person you were. So let's capitalize on this godly momentum, this divine momentum that God has given us and our group and really given our church to push it forward and not take it lightly like, you know, we can take it or leave it. No, let's start peddling right now so how much further we can be along as a group and as a church. Why? Because we realize we don't live in conference. You don't always have those days like that where you get that much momentum going. Just like we don't have camp every week. But we do have those things that push us forward, and we need those things. But realize we don't live at conference. We don't live. Did she help me? Okay. We don't live at camp. How many know? We don't live up on the mountaintop. We got to come down sometime. And that's not a bad thing. That's just called real talk. You don't live up, because you couldn't handle living at the mountaintop all the time. You couldn't handle God's presence on you that strong all the time. You would just straight ascend into the clouds and just go to heaven like Enoch. Because you, your body cannot handle God's presence that strong on you all the time. So, number one, if you're taking notes, is, now what? Number one, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Let's read it again in Proverbs 4 and 23. It says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Notice that. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Now let's look over at Luke 8. Luke 8 real quick. Luke 8, in verse 11. So, it says, Guard your heart, for out of it proceeds the issues of life. 
Meaning, if you don't guard your heart, then there might be something other than life coming out of you. How many know people that don't guard their heart and what they let in their inner man, it shows up in their life? People that have no restraint, they have no restriction, they have no boundaries, they don't guard their heart, they just let anybody speak into their life, they just watch any kind of thing, they just listen to any kind of junk, they look at any type of thing, they don't guard their heart, and out of their life doesn't proceed the right things. But when you guard your heart, the right things will proceed out of you. But how many know, first of all, you got to plant the right things in it? So, it says guard your heart, but we know in the parable that we're about to read in Luke, it says that your heart is the soil. Everybody say your heart is the soil. So we could say guard your garden. Guard your garden. And notice what it says in Luke eight eleven. Now the parable says the seed is the word of God. So your heart is the soil or the garden. And the seed is the word of God. So realize, if you want to grow something in your garden, you're going to have to protect it from things that would try to take the seed away. You've seen people that plant a garden and don't protect it, don't put a fence around it, don't water it. What happens to that garden? Y'all responded tonight. I like that. That's somebody who doesn't guard their heart. That's like their life. If you don't guard it, anything can grow up and everything will grow up. Good, bad, or ugly if you don't guard it. So realize this. The seed is God's word and the soil is your heart. And realize what it says in Luke 8, 12. Those by the wayside are the ones that hear the word. Notice, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts or out of their garden lest they should believe and be saved. In some translations it says, the devil comes immediately to take the word out of their hearts. So I said, number one is guard your heart. Number one, guard your heart. Why? Because the past week, those three days we were in Canton, Ohio, you got a lot of seeds planted in your hearts, in your garden, and if you don't do something to guard it, the enemy's going to come immediately to steal that word away from you. Why? Because he realized if the word grows up in your life, it's going to produce something in your life. That's why he wants to s- stop it in its infancy stage when it's first getting planted because it will be easier to uproot that thing when it's just a seed and it's not grown up yet. Hello, somebody. So that's why be prepared this week in the weeks to come in the months to come if the devil doesn't try to come and steal the word immediately why because he's scared of the word of God because he knows what the word of God that you received in Canton will produce in your life that's why he comes to steal it immediately that's why I said guard your heart why because if you don't the devil will have an opportunity to steal what you received and I'm, I'm not saying this to make us fearful don't be fearful but it says not to be ignorant. The Word of God says, you're not to f- be fearful of the devil, but it says don't be ignorant of the devil. Why? Because if you're ignorant of the devil and his devices, he can take advantage of you. Even though he's not more powerful than you are, if you're ignorant, he can trick you 
Hello, somebody. If you're ignorant, he can trick you and take advantage of your life. So it says guard your heart. Why? Because it flows the issues of life. Now let's look over at 1 Timothy 6. Y'all get anything so far? So it says the enemy comes immediately to steal the word out of your life. Why? Because he's afraid that the word of God will produce something in your life. You know, he doesn't mind so much that Christians hear the word of God all the time if they never do anything with it. Because they'll be the same person they were in the beginning of their life and at the end of their life. There's a lot of Christians that hear the word of God time after time after time after time and do nothing with it. And their life's the same. The devil is not intimidated by people like that. You know, that's how people could sit in our church 15, 20 years and still be broke, and still be sick, still be offended, still be depressed. If, the, if just the teaching of the word would have done it, it would have happened by now. No, but they don't do anything with what they hear. And the word will never work in your life unless you do something with it. That's why the Word of God says don't just be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer. Because you can fool yourself when you hear it so much that you're actually doing something with it. Do you realize that? Thank you. I, I could be number one culprit because I've been raised in the church 25 years and 9 months of my life. 25 years, 9 months of my life. Maybe a couple more months. I'm counting the time I was in my mother's womb also. So, something around that, that time. I've heard the Word of God that much. And especially when you're raised in church, or you're at church all the time. You could think, because I hear it so much, it's automatically going to happen. I hear pastor preach on healing all the time. It's just going to happen in my life, right? No, not if you don't do anything with it. I'm just going to be prosperous because cause pastor's preaching on prosperity. Nope. <laughs> Why? Because you don't do anything with the Word of God and you don't guard it and keep it in your heart. Here's something to think about. If this past week, maybe it hasn't happened to you this past week, but in the weeks to come, if somebody's already tried to persecute you for no reason in this past week, realize that the devil's trying to come steal the Word. Try to come get you discouraged already. You're like, I thought I received something last week, and then your parents are just going cray-cray at you, for goodness sakes. Hello, somebody. And you're like, why am I receiving this? Because the devil's trying to come steal the word from your life. You know, if you came back, and, and there was all kinds of situations waiting for you when you got back, and now you're starting to, to say, you know, I don't know if really God spoke to me last week. It might have been just, you know, all that junk food I ate last, you know, week, and, you know, the Waffle House, and, you know, I hop, you know, there was probably something in the food that I was eating that probably that piece of chicken that got passed around 21 times. <laughs> Whatever was in that chicken must have gave us all a word from the Lord. But, but notice, you know, the devil will try to get you to think that when you come out of camp or a conference like that, he'll, he'll try to come make you doubt what you heard last week. God called you into the ministry last week and next week you go, I don't know if I really heard that. I probably didn't hear that, you know. 
or God told you to do specific things or uh, go certain places or be with a certain person and you come back next week and you start doubting it, the enemy's trying to come steal the word because he's scared. He's fearful of what will happen when you take the word of God and guard it and grow it in your life. So 1 Timothy 6, verse 20. 1 Timothy 6, 20 and 21. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, by professing that some have strayed concerning the faith. Faith, grace be with you. Notice that. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Notice that. Paul, speaking to Timothy, talks about what he received. Guard what was committed to your trust. In the message, it says this. You ready for this? It says, Oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given. Notice that. Oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given. We talked about treasure a couple weeks ago, treasure hunters. Now, in Proverbs 4.23, another translation says, Guard your heart, for out of it flows or sets the course of your life. Meaning, if you don't guard your heart, then your life could go in a completely different direction than it's supposed to go. And this whole mindset that people have, that just whatever happens to me is the way it's supposed to be, and that, you know... Whatever path I'm on, it's just automatically the right path because God's sovereign and whatever happens, it's, everything happens for a reason, you know. The devil happens for a reason. Because people will use that all the time. When bad stuff happens to them, they want to make excuses. Well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, because there's a devil trying to destroy your life. Don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on fate and everything that happens is just you're automatically on the right path. No, there is many paths, and then there's a right path. In the words of C.S. Lewis, he said, A thousand roads lead to the wilderness, and one road leads home. There's many paths, but there's only one right path. you got to realize that. And so if you don't guard your heart, your life can go in a completely different way it wasn't supposed to. You can marry the wrong person. You could be in the wrong church. You could get the wrong job. You could do all sorts of things and live a wasted life. You know you could live a wasted life. There's people that waste their life on this planet, and they do things they were never called to do because they don't guard their heart. Are you all getting anything in this Methodist Baptist Assembly of God church this evening? So it says, oh my... Dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given. Now, here's something about treasure. We talked about this the other week. We talked about national treasure and Pirates of the Caribbean and treasure shows. But the thing about treasure is you wouldn't guard it or protect it if it wasn't valuable to you. Okay, the reason they hide treasure is it's valuable. It's something precious that's worth a lot. That's why they guard it. That's why they hide it, because it's valuable. If it wasn't, they would put it out in the open. How I many know that's why when you see people put, like, their old couch or old chairs by the road, it's saying, this is not valuable. Please take this. 
How many know what I'm talking about? Do you count what God has given you last week valuable or precious? Because if you do, you will do everything to guard it. Hello, somebody. You will do everything to take care of it and nurture what you got last week and not just let it go by the wayside. You will do everything in your power to guard and protect that treasure if it's valuable to you. Keyword, if it's valuable. If it's not, you won't. And you would just treat last week like, yeah, that was a fun time. You know, I'm fired up. But never do anything to move forward with what you received. Are you here this evening? If it's valuable to you. I've gave this example before. But I used to have a pair of green sunglasses. <laughs> Y'all remember those green bug sunglasses? Those things I did not value. And I tried to lose them like 25 times, and they kept reappearing in my life. I don't know how they did, but they kept reappearing. I would leave them in public places all the time, and some random person would say, hey, you forgot your sunglasses. I'm like, I'm trying to get rid of those. Do you not realize that? They were not valuable to me. Notice I didn't value those sunglasses. That's why I just left it out in the open so anybody could take them. Did you eventually take those? Did I pass those on to you? Finally, I had to specifically give it to somebody say, take these away from me, this burden that's been on my shoulder all these years, this cross I've been bearing of these green sunglasses. Take these away. Notice, I didn't guard it because it wasn't valuable to me. I tried to get it stolen. I would leave it out in public places. Please take these. Nobody would take them. Notice, I didn't value those sunglasses. I didn't think they were precious. So I didn't do anything to protect it. Now, there's other things I do protect. My cell phone. Hello. My iPod. Some of you ladies will protect your jewelry. Your shoes. Hello, somebody. I'm talking to the ladies on that. Your shoes. Why? Because you guard it. Oh, you went there. We're talking about Natalie now. Now, I will guard Natalie. Chingling, warrior princess in the house of God. I miss her tonight. She's not here tonight. She's recovering. She had a little bit of a snotty nose, but she's recovering right now. She does this cool thing. I'll share it with you. She can't say word words, but apparently they're baby words, so they ain't word words. They ain't real words. They're real to me. You see what I'm saying? So, no joke. When I was gone in Canton, one night she was crying she couldn't go to sleep well, she'd been testing our patients because she's been sleeping in her big girl crib and she's not been one to sleep like the past week and a half so there's been like no sleep whatsoever because like every 30 minutes or an hour she's waking up and you gotta stick her pacifier back in her mouth and she'll go to sleep for another 30 minutes and you gotta do it all over again all night y'all thinking about having babies anytime soon Listen, you love them, but it's a lot of work. All right, let me just say that. How many know it's, but it's 10 times better than it was the first couple months. First couple months, I thought I was going to die. That's just real talk. I thought I was literally going to die from lack of sleep. But when I was gone, no joke, she said, because she a preacher, she said when I was gone, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, Lauren said, and she sits up in our bed a lot at nighttime, like watching TV, watching Duck Dynasty, you know, w watching sports with Daddy, watching IU Hoosiers games. She watches stuff like that. 
So, no joke. Little Chingling, warrior princess. Now, she's been mouthing words, and she can make, like, pterodactyl noises and stuff. But she hasn't made real, like, word words yet. Like, she does this thing with her lips. Like, she sounds like she's whispering. She'll be like, she's, she's praying under in tongues under her breath, really. But at 1 o'clock in the morning, she couldn't go to sleep. And she laid Natalie on my pillow. And Lauren said that she said, no joke. I wasn't there. She said, Dada. I haven't heard it myself, but I believe it. So she went, when she hit my precious pillow where I lay my head, she said, Dada. I haven't heard it. I want to hear it. Now she'll do that, she'll do that under her breath tongue thing, tongues thing to me, like interpretation of tongues. But she hasn't done the Dada yet. But I will protect her. I will guard her. And you know what? Once you have your own child, you realize why your parents are so protective over you. See, some of you don't know that yet. You're like, you are annoying, Mom and Dad. Why are you so up in my grill? You're so protective. Get away from me. You will realize why they're like that. They're not crazy at all. They just love you a lot. Hey, when you have your own kids, you will be thankful for your parents. You don't realize that right now, but you will. If your parents try to guard you and protect you, it's because they love you. But I realize now why, why my parents were the way they were because I got my own child now. And I protect her like that. I'm going to say, if any of y'all babies touch her, is what I say to all the nursery babies when I go back there. If any of y'all touch her, I'm going to touch you. <laughs> and it's going to hurt. And I don't care if you're a girl either. Girl or guy. Touch her, hurt her, make her cry. It's going to be on. I don't care about the parents. I will hurt the parents too. And they'll have to fire the youth pastor at Church on the Rock. And I guess get somebody else to take dad's spot eventually because I'll be fired. I have to go to Northside and be a janitor, I guess. <laughs> For punching a baby and punching the parents in nursery. But I will guard her. Hey, if the baby punches Natalie, I punch them. That's just how it goes. That's real talk. I ain't Jesus. I ain't Jesus. I'm not Jesus, am I? No. It's like, that's not Jesus. Like, I ain't Jesus, am I? I'm, I'm trying to be like him, but I ain't him. Oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure. So I will guard Natalie because she's precious. She's valuable to me. What if you guarded the word that you received as much as you guard your cell phone? What if you guard the word as much as you guard that time with your boyfriend or girlfriend. I didn't mean to say that. Did I say that? Did I let that out? As much as you are so sensitive about your time with your other half, as much as you won't let anybody sit near them, <laughs> if you guarded the word like you guard that, how about if you guarded your recreational time, you guarded your video game time, you guarded your sports activities you get somewhere guarding the word like that but what do we value whatever we guard demonstrates what we really value number two let's go over to Luke 8 you guys get anything tonight y'all guys bring all this crazy wildness out of me Luke 8 
Luke 8, and we're going to start in verse 16. So number one, guard it. Number two, you ready for number two? Use it. Luke 8, verse 16. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed. Why? Because the bed would catch on fire. But sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Verse 17, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Verse 18, key verse, Therefore, take heed. Everybody say, take heed. How you hear. For whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Notice that. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given. And whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. So number two, now what? Use it. Now, last week at conference, you know, it gives a, there's another analogy in the Bible that Jesus used a parable for. And it says that your spirit is like a candle. And last week, the Word of God is like the lighter that lights it. The fire that lights your spirit, man. Your heart, the real you. So, we see here that when the Word of God comes to you, your spirit, man, and is lit up, don't hide what you've been given. Put it out in the open for everyone to see it. Use what you received. And notice it says, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does, does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken. What he's saying here is last week you got lit up. Your spirit man got lit up. But if you don't do anything to keep that fire fueled and keep that fire aflamed, that fire will go out. How many know that will happen? If you, if you have a fire, you got to constantly be putting more wood, or you know, in those times they would put more oil to make that fire last longer. If you don't do something to keep that fire going, that fire will eventually go out. So he's saying here, if you don't use what you got, you'll lose what you got. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? If you don't use what you got last week, you'll lose what you got last week. That's why it's so important that you get real practical about how, God, can I implement this into my life, practically what I learned last week, because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And then all those amazing messages you heard will be for nothing. Because you're not using what you received. Let me say this. It says, those who keep the word. It says the word keep. Those who keep the word. The only word you keep is the word you do. You say, well, I'm just keeping the word. Well, then you would be doing the word. So we could fool ourselves, I'm keeping the word, but are you doing it? If you're not, you're not keeping the word. 
if you're not ongoingly using the Word of God, then you really don't believe it. Are you here? You know, when, when we get sick and we don't even think to pray to God about healing and receive our healing, what is that saying? You really don't believe it. You say, well, I'm keeping a word on healing. If you're not doing it, you're not keeping it. If you're not using it, you really don't believe in the first place. You know, when we teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the importance of praying tongues, and you never do it, and you say, well, I believe in that. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, I believe, the, I believe we should pray in tongues, and I believe the word on, you know, praying in the Spirit. And I'm keeping it. No, if you're not doing it, you're not keeping it. If you're not using it, you really don't believe it. Because if you did, you'd be doing something with it. That's just real talk. Hey, and I've been there too before. I said out of my mouth, the importance of praying in tongues, and wasn't having a very good prayer life myself. Hello? Same thing with reading your Bible. Well, I'm just keeping the word. You know, I'm... I'm, I'm See the importance of reading the Bible. Why are you doing it? (laughs) You ain't keeping it if you're not doing it. So notice, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. But there's a promise in here, and the language could be confusing, but what he's saying in verse 18 is pretty much this. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. But on the other hand, the second person, if you use it, he will give you more. I'm going to say it. I'm going to come over to the house and say it. If you don't use what God has given you, why would he give you more that you cannot use? Why would he do that? Since you're not doing what I'm saying anyways, I'm going to give you more revelation that you could sit on your butt and not do anything. Some of you are praying for more revelation, and God's saying, do what I already told you to do. Really, majority of you in here don't need a new revelation. You just need to do what you've already been taught. God's still waiting for you to do what you've already been taught. Since you're not doing it, he's not going to give you more so you can just sit around and do nothing with it. I mean, most of us in here know a lot. We say we know a lot. But we're not doing so that's the promise in, in here. There's the maybe negative side if you want to look at it. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. But on the other hand, if you use it, God will give you more. If you start being a doer of the word and when God shows you something, you obey. When you start doing the word of God, he will give you more revelation. And then when you do that, he will give you more revelation. And he'll keep giving you more and more and more. And there's no end to the moreness of God. For the rest of your life, he will keep giving you more but you got to use it or you'll lose it. So realize this. Stop praying for more revelation and a lot of us could just say, I need to do what I've already been taught. Because <laughs> everybody's wanting to hear something new. Tell me something new. I've already heard that message before. Do what you've already been taught. <laughs> You're saying, you know, I just don't get it. I'm not seeing the results. Do what you've already been taught. You're just looking for something new and a new answer. And they say, read the word. Tell me something new. (laughs) Do it. You need to have a prayer life. I need something new. Tell me something more exciting to do. 
It's not exciting because you're not doing it. <laughs> Give me another answer. Get planted in the house of God. No, I want something different. <laughs> Do what you already know. And you'll realize that God will start giving you more and more and more. Do the basics and God will start giving you more. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? All right. Matthew 10. Last point. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew 10. Once again, to all our visitors, I'd like to apologize <laughs> for all our inside jokes. I'm sorry. It just comes out of me. You guys pull so many inside jokes out of, out of me. Some of you guys are just like, what is he talking about? It makes sense. Just trust me. Just stick around long enough and it will all make sense. Matthew 10 and verse 8. We're going to read this in a second. So number one, guard it. Number two, use it. And number three, give it away. Number three, give it away. So number one, guard it. Number two, use it yourself. But number three, don't forget the last step, give it away. And the reason I said the first two is because if you don't have anything and you haven't received anything, you won't have anything to give to anybody. <laughs> if you're trying to minister to people, but God's not been ministering to you that week, you won't have anything to minister. Because a lot of Christians are trying to minister on empty. You don't got anything yourself. You've got to have nothing to give anybody else. You've got to receive something before you can give something. You've got to be full of something that you can give to others. And in Matthew 10 and verse 8, it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Notice, freely give. But what's first? Received. Freely you have received. Freely give. And a lot of Christians will stop at the first two points. I'm guarding it. I'm using it for myself. But they forget one of the most important things in their Christian life is to give away what they've received from God and not keep it to themselves. Because the Christian life is not a selfish life. A lot of Christians have turned it into that. It's just about bless me, heal me, God do something for me, and it's all about you. God loves you, but it's not just about you. He blesses you for a reason. He heals you for a reason. He delivers you for a reason. So freely you have received, freely you will give. The blessings are not supposed to stop with you. So freely you have received, freely give. Notice this. You know Abraham in the Bible, in Genesis. Abraham, it says, was the father of our faith. And notice what God said to him. I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. God doesn't bless you so you can just bask in his blessings and enjoy his blessings and brag about his blessings and not give it to anybody else. No, he blesses you for a reason. Yeah, because he loves you, but he blesses you so you can bless others. He heals you, not so you can just sit 
on your butt and watch more TV and do nothing. No, he heals you so you can in turn heal others. He delivers you for a reason, so you can deliver others. There's a purpose when God touches you, and it's so that you can touch others. Realize this, too much is given, much is required. And especially a lot of you, not everybody, but most of you in here have been here for a long time. And you have received a lot, not just this past week, but for an ongoing period of time, for years and years and years. And notice the Word of God says, too much is given, much is required. And you know, some people that go to churches could have an excuse because they're not getting much, so God's not expecting them to give much. But we have received a lot. So God is expecting us as a church and as a group to give a lot because we've received a lot. Haven't we, church? Because <laughs> we've been healed a lot. We've been delivered a lot. We've been blessed a lot. So we need to do something about that. Freely we have received, freely we give. Don't miss that step because a lot of believers stop at the first two points. Guard it and use it, and it's about me. But you're missing the third and final, and I'd say most exciting step is to give it away to somebody else who doesn't have what you have, who hasn't heard what you've heard, who hasn't received what you've received. Give it away. And that's the most exciting life. Realize this. God will do something in you so he can do something through you. God does, a, does something in you first so he can do something through you. Why, freely you have received, freely you give. God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. But notice, if he doesn't do something in you, you have nothing to give to anybody else. That's why we were talking earlier, it's so important to guard your heart and protect your inner man, to, to protect your spirit, to protect your heart, because why God wants to do something in you so something awesome can come out of you. So something amazing will come out of you. You know, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever in you in abundance will come out of you, whether good or bad. <laughs> That's why you need to re be receiving the right things from God so the right things are coming out. Knows God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. God will always bless you so you can bless others. Let's look over at Proverbs 11. Last verse, Proverbs 11. Did you guys get anything tonight? Has anybody got a message Bible around here? Thank you. Proverbs 11. There's no Proverbs. Anybody got a message around here? Okay. All right. Can you pull up Proverbs 11? And I'll get to it in a second. Just have it waiting. What's he doing? Okay. He went to Revelation 21. Proverbs 11. And uh, I'm going to read in the message in a second. Not right this second, but... Notice in Proverbs 11, verse 24, it says, There is one who scatters and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right but leads to poverty. In verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters 
And he who waters will also be watered himself. Notice that. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, a lot of us think of that those verses in light of finances, but I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about what you receive from God. And notice it says, there's one who scatters and yet increases. Notice, who gives away and gets more back. Realize what he's saying is completely countercultural of what the world says. God's way increase and the world's way increase is two different things. And I'm not talking about money here. The world says, <laughs> I was about to say it. I'm going to go say it anyways. Get all you can and sit on the can. And just hoard everything to yourself. Take everything to yourself. It's all about you. And that's the way to get more. But God's way says you need to give more if you want to get more. And it doesn't make sense to the, to the natural person or to the world that how am I, am I going to give stuff away and get more? Well, that's the way that God works. And notice, it says there's one who withholds. Notice, if you keep what's been given to you, notice, it says it will lead to poverty. Not just financially, but how about soul poverty? Because you haven't been given away what God has given you. Notice it says, the generous soul, be generous with what God has given you, will be made rich. Not just financially, but every way. And he who waters will also himself be watered. You know, there's a thing about the Dead Sea. Anybody ever heard of the Dead Sea? Now, there's a reason that the Dead Sea's dead. <laughs> I'm about to say a thing. <laughs> Glory. You've all heard of the Dead Sea over in the Middle East. The reason the Dead Sea is dead, think about this in your own life. The reason the Dead Sea is dead is because water flows in, but nothing flows out. <laughs> Did anybody hear what I just said? That water flows in, but nothing flows out. That's why the Dead Sea's dead, because things are flowing in, but nothing's getting out. So the water is stagnant, and the water is dead, and nothing can live in that environment. And you know what? Christians who don't give away what they receive turn into Dead Seas. Churches that don't give anything away they received turn into Dead Sea churches. That's why it's so important that we reach people. That's so important why we give away not just finances, but give away everything we receive to others because we will eventually turn into a Dead Sea. We'll be like the Dead Sea. Dead, stagnant, lifeless, powerless. That's what people will become. That's what churches will become when they stop giving away what they received. You know, that's why it's such a timely message that pastor is preaching on reaching others. Why? Because there's been some Dead Sea people in our church. They've been collecting for 20, 30 years to themselves and not been giving anything away. And they are Dead Sea believers. And you can see it on their face. You can see the way they worship. You can see the way they give. You can see the way they respond. And they are dead. Why? Because they're not giving out what they've been receiving all these years. And you're missing the whole point if you do that. Realize what you received is more than just about you. 
It's about somebody else. Freely you have received, freely give. And there's so many churches that turn into Dead Sea churches. Why? Because they don't give what they got. And that's the whole point. God gives you something so you can give it away. And notice, once you give it away, the Word of God says, He'll give you more. And then you give that away, and He'll give you more. The way of the kingdom is you live to give. <laughs> Not live to get. You live to give. And you know what? When you focus on giving, God will take care of you, and He'll just keep giving you more and more and more. And notice, the generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also himself be watered. You got that in the message? Boom. The message on an iPad. Man, I'm so seeker-friendly right now. It's awesome. So relevant. I'm reverent also. Irreverent. <laughs> this is what the message says. You got this. Okay, I see it. All right. You got split screen on me here. New King James message. All right, I got it. I was like, I was looking here. I'm like, this is the same translation I got. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Are you ready for this in the message? Last verse, we're going to close and we're going to go eat some food. Is that okay with everybody? Glory. We fed our spirits. Now we're going to feed our flesh. Okay. <laughs> feed our soul that's the that's the afterwards yeah you're gonna need to to beef up on some hallmark cards and some lifetime movies and that'll feed your soul oh some nicholas spark no that gonna feed some flesh what you talking about you watching the notebook you ain't feeding your soul you feeding the flesh help us somebody oh you gonna remember something but <laughs> Watch remember, sad though. She dies at the end. Man. <laughs> oh, you didn't watch it yet? I ruined it for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> she dies at the end. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Took you 10 years to watch it. Watching a minute a year. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Once again, visitors, I apologize. <laughs> they get me so distracted. I can't even focus here. I'm sorry. Inside jokes. So, in the message, glory, the world of the generous. I'm sorry, my hands just, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't mean nothing. Ain't got time. I told you that my blackness coming at me. I can't help it. I can't, I can't help it. <laughs> I was about to sing a song with you, but I can't do it right now. All right. I'm sorry, visitors, I'm sorry. I apologize again. I apologize. I'm sorry. We, ha we like to have a good time at church. It's okay. We don't like to frown around here. We don't like to be grumpy around here. We just, we got the joy of the Lord. And church should be the funnest place on earth. Because God's fun. He's awesome. He created everything. So, verse 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Notice here. The world of the stingy gets smaller and and smaller. Verse 25. The one who blesses others, notice, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. 
Notice that the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped themselves. You know, the Word of God says, and some people still don't understand this, but Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And you know what? People that don't think that verse is true are people that don't give. Because you realize once you start being a giver, you realize what that verse means. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, God's going to give you more. And when you keep on giving, God's going to keep giving you more and more and more. Did you guys get anything tonight? All righty. Well, let us pray, church family.